Welcome to Episode Party, a podcast about some of our most favourite podcasts. I'm Freddie Harrison. I'm Jack Tudor. And this episode, we are joined by radio producer and host of the really excellent Welcome to Macintosh podcast, Mark Bramhill. Hey, Mark. Howdy. Good to be here. So we've, we've all bought a podcast that we've recommended and uh, recommended a specific episode that we should all listen to. And uh, hopefully everyone's done their homework. And I think this time it's Jack kicking us off. So Jack, tell us a little bit about your choice. Sure. So my choice this time is Everyone Else, which is a podcast that I have no idea how I came into it. I think this was one of those binges of going through the Discover on... Um, pocket casts and just picking stuff up <laughs> which i do every week and has now left me with more podcasts than i can listen to it's a crisis that will keep you updated on but this podcast <laughs> is a photographic podcast telling the experiences secrets loves fears and lessons learned of strangers uh, and it's a podcast by london-based producer eva kreisiak who has worked at the bbc and the guardian and I think it's interesting it calls itself a photographic podcast because I think one aspect of it is that on the website there's photographs of everyone who is interviewed. But also Mm. the podcast itself is um, essentially a series of audio portraits. So every episode has a particular subject, which is a person. They tell a story, presumably something that was recorded through an interview, although you never hear the interviewer. Um... And it's basically the stories, as it suggests, of strangers just telling a particular uh, facet of their life, basically. And I love the idea of the show, the sense that everyone is carrying around a story that you know nothing about and that everyone is essentially an expert on their own life. And that in itself can be fascinating if that person is just left to talk and curate that story effectively. And what I love particularly about the podcast is is just the way that it's allowed to just happen there's there's no kind of preamble like this is this person they do this they're from this place um and also there's like no outro or anything the story just drifts off and suddenly (laughs) you're uh you're out of the podcast before you know it it's quite a strange experience considering that most podcasts you know have like three minutes at the end to close everything down um it's really beautifully produced the music is like really subtle i was listening to one earlier today actually about this teenager talking about her experiences of first love um and the relationship she has with this boy and as as the relationship reaches a new stage the music like subtly changes but it's all this abstract electronics that kind of just tilts to a different place and it's not imposing an atmosphere on it and like stamping it firmly on top it's just gently pressing in at the edges um the one i asked you guys to listen to i believe oh man which one did i ask you to listen to <laughs> was it called penguins and turtles yes yeah yes. that's correct thank goodness for that so my notes still stand um so i picked one on a 11 year old boy who talks about the therapeutic powers of singing and singing and art and how it's helped him cope with his uh, experiences of bullying and and sadness and melancholy and how it helps him to help other people 
and again i just love the fact that people are just left to talk and that there's no especially when it's 11 year old boy there's something about not having an interviewer he's not patronized he's not the questions aren't watered down for the sake of a child he's given a platform and the very same platform that's granted to people who are you know in their 80s or or whatever age and and, and whatever state of expertise so i'm a fan uh, i think i've made that quite clear freddie what did you make of this um i really really enjoyed it i'll start uh, well i'll start at the beginning because that's a good place to start but i um i was listening to this quite late at night and it was quite dark in my flat and i had it on uh, a little bluetooth speaker that was kind of like over the other side of the room and the intro with kind of like the whispered kind of title um mm. kind of freaked me out a little bit like a little bit too much <laughs> um and w- but once i kind of got over that and it was uh it was just a really nice little kind of like you know like a little vignette of someone's someone's life and uh, and what was kind of weird just now is that i went on the website and i didn't know about the um the portraits of people on there the kind yeah. of photos and actually in a way i wish i didn't because then i started scrolling through and looking at those pictures and like aligning them with the episodes i've listened to and a lot of them are, are not how i imagine those people to look and i guess that's always the way it's like you know when you go and see harry potter at, at the cinema for the first time when the films came out and like suddenly all those characters that were described to you are, are kind of put in front of you as, as a real person you have to kind of adjust your kind of sense of reality but the, the podcast itself is like a, a really beautiful thing and I, I it feels like it could be something that that's played between adverts on on TV. That's just like kind of that beautiful cultural moment that every now and then TV seems to spit out. You know, it's a rare thing, but it, it sometimes happens. And <laughs> I, I just enjoyed like I just enjoyed the the kind of the way that these people spoke about themselves. And I, I think you know there was there was clearly an interviewer somewhere behind all that, but it's been like expertly cut out and spliced together because I know that I did listen. I listened to another episode. I can't remember the name of it, but it was um the one about the the, the one of the um the strip who who works in London and she at some points kind of elaborated on points in the way that would suggest someone on the other end was going mm, and and tell us a bit more about that and, but that's all been cut out perfectly to the point where it just feels like this nice little monologue and um I haven't listened to any of the longer ones yet. I've kind of, I, I have to admit, like when I was like searching through, I was trying to find the short ones because I actually really enjoy it. I've been listening to lots of long, talky podcasts lately. Um, so actually, I really enjoy it as like just eight minutes of something talking at me about something that isn't technology, basically, is, is my, <laughs> is my time. No, thanks, Mark. I've really <laughs> yeah, enjoyed Mark. Welcome to Macintosh. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, um, it was just Apple, you know, it's, it's just that's all I've listened to for the last week. So, <laughs> well, at least, at least when I do my podcast, they are short. That's, yeah. it's very true yeah i mean um we're not we're, you know like you know once you've once you've um got through the um like the talk show or atp or something these these feel uh-huh. like nothing at all um yeah. but no i i really liked everyone else and um i, I I'm, I'm kind of like i just like cherry picking little stories and, and listening to them and uh eventually i suppose I'll, I'll work my way up to some of the longer ones but um yeah i might just have to skip the intro every time to stop it from creeping me out a little bit um <laughs> but it was really good mark what, what did you think yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned the uh, the feeling that it could be sort of like interstitial content between like stuff on television. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that it reminded me of is there's a radio station that I did some work at uh, when I was first learning how to do radio. But they in WCAI uh, in Cape Cod in the U.S. They have these things called sonic IDs. Right. Um where in between content 
on the radio, you have to, every certain amount of time, you have to say, you're listening to such and such station and the time and blah, blah, blah. And that's like a requirement. But what they've done is in those segments put 30 second to one minute, not exactly stories, but just little moments of local life where it's just like Uh... there's something weird or funny or sometimes sad about it. And it's just... It's something where sort of just like the fact that it kind of happens and then it's just over and you kind of have (laughs) you have very little lead in or lead out. It's just it's a it's there and then it's gone. And it it was something where I definitely am reminded of that. The sort of uh, you what you called photographic or I've heard referred to as like an audio postcard or things like that, where it's just Mm. like just like this little this snapshot of life where unlike most public radio or narrated shows, there's this strong leaning, myself included, to be much more didactic in how you produce in terms of, oh, there shouldn't be any confusion, there should be Mm -hmm. plenty of context. And this, in a lovely way, just totally uh, throws all that out the window in terms of, I had no idea as we start listening, it's just like, what? is this kid talking about who is he what is like in a way that's like disorienting but Mm. i don't know that having the actual context of it would have made me like it more i I feel like that actually like just hearing sort of a stream of consciousness from this kid is super charming and also he is just super adorable um so that's a yeah (laughs) that is that is it's just unendingly sweet to hear him um but yeah that's it was very interesting um to hear something that's clearly takes a lot of production and time Mm. but really doesn't try and hold your hand going through everything uh and kind of just throws you out into this sort of experience in a way that most podcasts and radio is kind of afraid of. Uh, So I thought that was, certainly that's commendable. uh, And it was very, like, I thought it's something that's interesting in a way that I thought was successful. (laughs) So I I liked it a lot. I thought it was really interesting. Awesome. What you've highlighted there as well is there's a really nice contradiction to this podcast, I think, which is that that lack of introduction and that lack of packaging and context creates a certain anonymity around the subjects. Um, But -hmm. at the same time, as you say, because it's not this thing where you're led into the experience in a very deliberate way, there's a real intimacy, I think, with the audience in saying, I have the faith that you're going to be okay with this, that you're just going to figure this out as you're going along. And that you're not going to go, oh, screw this. Who's this kid? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm off. Um, yeah. You know, because there is just uh, these people aren't made out to be anyone at all. And that, that's what I love about the show. And, you know, it's all wrapped up in the title as well, being everyone else. It's just it's the people that you don't know and, and their own narratives and, and their ability to curate them. So, yeah, I think it's spot on. I like it more when... Uh, I hear people talking about it as well, including myself and my invoice. So. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> Brilliant. 
yeah, I think that there is that kind of like weird, um, and you kind of mentioned a contradiction there. But I think there's another one, which is like that it's it's so intimate that it's comforting in a way, but also like that that lack of context is almost a little bit jarring because mm. it's very rare that you have someone talking directly to you with little or no introduction at all. So it takes you a second to kind of kind of attune to them and 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 kind of feel okay with the fact someone's just talking at you about themselves so kind of intimately but then once you kind of get past that point it's just really um it's just really nice to listen to and it's interesting to hear people's people's stories in a way that's you know they're grounded in reality of course but you know you you don't feel attached to them which is which is quite nice in a way well at least that's how i feel um yeah i'm yeah big big fan jack nice nice work no i really enjoyed it right well um we shall move on to our next podcast mark you have brought a podcast to the table um i'd love to hear you talk about this one i'm I'm really looking forward to to chatting about this yeah so uh the podcast that i uh am recommending is called heavyweight and it is the latest project from producer jonathan goldstein who is just one of my all-time favorite radio producers um if I can, I'll I'll talk a little bit about some of his work previously, just kind of leading into this, if that's okay. Please um, do. Yeah. yeah. So he started in radio with This American Life back in the 90s, I think, uh, when it was still an early show. After working as a telemarketer for like a decade. Um, <laughs> no so way. really jumping up there. Yeah. Um, and one of the stories that he made for This American Life, it was something that I first heard this was this aired in 2001 but it was something that I first heard uh as I was already starting to go into radio that I knew that it was what I wanted to do but it was a story that when I heard it it made me feel like oh this is the kind of thing I want to make this is what I wish I could do um and that story is commonly referred to as the little mermaid where it is about the so-called greatest voicemail of all time. And it's so hard to describe the story because, like, if you just describe the series of events, it's really boring. Like, it's not... <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's, low st- there's low stakes. There's not that much happening. It's Jonathan and his friend. Uh, his friend tells him about this voicemail. Jonathan is skeptical. He tries to track it down. He eventually tracks it down, and he's impressed. Like that's the that's like the series of events. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. like it is so boring when you just say it like that. But the thing is, what makes his stories so good is he has this t- is operating in this totally different realm from stories that are supposed to like that are you need to have high stakes and there needs to be a lot on the table and it needs to be dramatic and mm-hmm. important. And it's like his stuff is fueled by characters and shenanigans and just lovely sardonic writing that is just so good. Um, So that's the sort of thing where it's like, oh, this is just so playful and fun and at the same time capable of making you think and even bringing you like to tears at times with his work, where it's like the ability to do all of that with things that are kind of irreverent is just something which I've always been so in awe of. Um, (laughs) 
So that's uh, a second recommendation there is uh, I would check out that uh, one of his most famous early stories. If you search This American Life, The Little Mermaid, uh, it should come up. I believe the actual name of the story is called Buddy Picture, but um, <laughs> that that is a phenomenal story. Anyway, moving on a little bit. He has made other things wiretapped uh, with or wiretap with the CBC. Um, and that's also really good. But this latest project, each episode follows him essentially helping a friend or someone he knows go back in time, essentially, to a moment that they regret, something that has been bothering them or uh, and then helping them work through this issue, even though he is not at all qualified to be like a <laughs> therapist or whatever. It's, it's something where it's uh, working through issues from the past in a way that's varies from being small and unimportant to like actually really huge things that are really meaningful. So, you know, it's like I was saying before, it manages to be irreverent, hilarious, but also really moving. Um, so the episode that I recommended uh, is called Gregor. It's the second episode of the show. And it follows <laughs> a good friend of Jonathan's who, back in the 90s, lent a box set of CDs to a friend who was a struggling electronic musician who then sampled those CDs and became super famous for his li- his album then and made tons of money and that friend happens to be Moby. Um, <laughs> and then he never got those CDs back. And the whole thing follows the idea of, I want my CDs that I lent him 27 <laughs> years ago. I want those CDs back. And it's just, this is the premise of this is just so absurd and ultimately where it leads is so much more like moving and touching than the actual premise of this has any right to be, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's something where, like, it starts off in this place where it's just antics between Jonathan and his friend Gregor, but it slowly builds up into this thing where Gregor becomes a little bit more sympathetic than just a little bit of a <laughs> a belligerent <laughs> belligerent asshole, you know. It's, it's it kind of becomes kind of becomes like, "Oh, I get why we like him and he it's he's funny, but it's just one of those things where it's like, "Man, why can't he let go of this?" Right. <laughs> but you slowly you slowly kind of understand it better and ultimately then Moby when you hear from Moby, then he is just so kind and gives such good like has such nice things to say and good advice where it's it's just like wow like this (laughs) this is not where i thought this would end up from like the first five minutes of this show um yeah and that's yeah i mean it's just one of those things where the fact that it can leave you feeling like emotional but at the same time then be just totally hilarious is like just such an accomplishment um (laughs) right yeah i'd love to i'd love to hear some of what you guys thought on this 
it's funny because I, I listened to a few Gimlet shows and I've heard this one kind of promoted a lot across the kind of network, as it were. And mm-hmm. uh, I've kind of just, just, it's just, I've just not, not even given it a thought until this recommendation came up in the in the Google Doc. And and uh, probably about five to ten minutes in, I was just kind of kicking myself for not having listened to it earlier. It's um, it, you you've done such a good job of kind of describing it, Mark. That I don't want to kind of go over that detail, but the key thing that I think you said was that it's that thing where it just makes you feel a lot of different emotions and and there's some beautiful bits where you kind of you just feel for these people and and you know you feel sad for them you feel happy for them but you're also just kind of laughing and i think the thing that really gets me is his kind of little asides that he does and they're just so funny and <laughs> I, I, I guess i guess when i first listened to it i i was like okay the reveal of the fact that the um, uh, gregor's friend is is actually moby is it's so brilliantly done and i was like wow okay there's a lot of episodes here how has he kept this up for every episode and then i kind of cycled all the way back to the very first episode which is about his um his dad right. and his, his uncle and i was like okay well uh, i don't know how he's going to achieve the same effect because uh, i don't know his dad or his uncle but i do know moby and that's what makes that to me i thought <laughs> yeah. that's what made it interesting and then the more i listened to that first episode the more i realized that the thing that is making me so um enamored with this podcast is is jonathan and, and not the subjects um i think the subjects are important um but i think it goes back to what you were saying earlier about his this american life episode where you know you were saying that it's hard to describe because it's something that's actually maybe a little bit boring when you say it out loud, but it was made interesting <laughs> by him. And I think that's what all these stories are. If you were to summarize that first episode in in a sentence, you'd say Jonathan takes his dad to see his uncle. They don't really get on, but by the end of the episode, they do. And like that doesn't sound <laughs> interesting at all, but you go on this journey and it's just so, so good. And, um, and Greg is exactly the same. And then there's that kind of gem at the end where they kind of uh, sat in on a recording of RuPaul's podcast. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I love that bit. But when when Moby says interesting things like, uh, my mom was born in San Diego. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) It just instantly put everyone else's podcast to shame, but I still loved it. (laughs) That is, the fact that that, whole segment is even worked in at the end like that could have been cut like they didn't need to include the part where they go to that like it's kind of nice to know oh they were invited and they did this thing but like you don't actually have to hear any of RuPaul's podcast but it's just like this is just so bizarre that like you need to include this as just a and it it's in the whole section where it's like getting to the more profound emotional point and it's just like hold up but we need to take a detour for this hilarious kind of irrelevant thing yeah. And it's so good. <laughs> so, so good. Um, I loved it. Um, Jack, what did you think? <laughs> oh, Christ. That RuPaul bit just... Oh, I See, I listened to this podcast ages ago, and this episode, um, probably when it came out, and I'd forgotten all about that RuPaul bit. And the bit where he screeches when she says San Diego, I was running to this podcast just beaming through the streets of Cheltenham listening to that bit because, oh, it's dynamite. Uh, 
And also what I think is so great about it is that you've got Gregor and Jonathan who have this really dry, um, very kind of slow means of talking and also of delivering jokes. And the juxtaposition of RuPaul makes you realise how far on the end of that very dry, (laughs) sarcastic humour you are because you're like, oh, that's the other extreme. (laughs) So... I really like Jonathan Goldstein and there was a period in my life maybe a couple of years ago where I listened to American Life all the time. I used to finish work on a Monday at like 7pm and I'd grab a pack of hula hoops and a can of cola and I'd have an hour and a half drive home and I'd crack on the new This American Life. And with This American Life, when you listen to it consistently, there are stories that come up by people that you really really get into and as soon as you know that they're involved you're like this is you know this is going to be an awesome 15 minutes and Jonathan was probably the first person to emerge that I felt like that about um Mm -hmm. he did one called the big night um which when you recommended heavyweight I had to go and dig out again because it was really really funny it was basically Jonathan revisiting this home video of um Uh, Oh my god, yes. (laughs) It's basically Jewish New Year and it's called Rosh Hashanah and... um, Uh, Rosh Hashanah, yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes, that's... (laughs) And um, basically, uh, it's all it is is Jonathan commenting on this video as it's playing. Apparently, he used to play it to all of his girlfriends um, and and he used to stop it at various points (laughs) and explain certain things. But there's one moment in that where um, I think it's his mum and his auntie one of them just starts singing White Christmas and then the other one starts, but they're out of sync. And Jonathan says something like, it's almost as though they're on different planets and just so happen to have the same thought at the same time. And when you hear the audio, like, <laughs> honestly, it makes me cry. It's unbelievable. But so when I saw that Heavyweight had come out, I was like, right, I'm getting on this. And I was a bit... I was cautious because I wanted it to be just um, pure Jonathan Goldstein. I had faith that it would be because I have faith in Gimlet to to understand what makes him so great. And also, I think they'd effectively allowed Starly Kind to do a similar thing with Mystery Show, which is I have faith in the person. Um, even with mundane events, they know how to deliver it in a way which is really interesting and can basically mm-hmm. carry anything just purely from their way of seeing the world. And that's exactly what happens here. You know, Jonathan has that incredible knack for extracting comical observation out of otherwise inane and everyday facets of human behaviour and also inane um, snippets of audio. Like there's a moment during this Gregor episode where he yawns at the start of saying a question and he weaves (laughs) that into a joke just because I think he just has this you know this ear for it which uh, i don't think a lot of radio producers do there's also that wonderful moment where um they go and bring moby some lemonade as they're going round and moby takes the <laughs> lemonade and puts it in the fridge and they never see it again and they pitch it as this like moby's this serial thief who just hoards stuff away from Greta and never gives it back. I and miss it, a bit it, of the it, end where they're chatting about that and, and Greg is so annoyed by it. And I, I totally, I sort of get it. But like at the oh same man. time, I was like, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just like, oh. And the bit, it's, there's tiny, tiny jokes as well, which I love. Um, like where he's pondering over the pronunciation of... Um, interlocutor or interlocutor (laughs) and it's just a really really (laughs) tiny joke that i just thought about for like you know 10 15 seconds afterwards and i was like that's that's a clever little thing um 
there's another really good one about on a, when they're on a uh, there's a friend of his whose dad's dying wish was to have his ashes scattered oh, on yeah. the 18th <laughs> hole of a golf course. And the whole thing's <clears throat> framed as this low-budget heist that everyone's taking too seriously. And Jonathan, you know, uses all this language that's uh, all a bit gangster and a bit, you know, like it's a shady operation. Again, it's just brilliant. And it knows that it's basically fixating on these quite inane narrative things. It weaves that into the story and there's a lot of moments where it goes, this really isn't such a big deal. But at the same time, it turns them into profound things. Uh, I'm so glad that you brought this up to talk about because I enjoy it and then I move on to something else. And um, I forget to just stop and appreciate just what an awesome job he's done with this podcast. Yeah, no, I in terms of like uh, when I was re-listening to it, I just was like kind of writing down some of the like the little jokes that I was laughing at. And I, I couldn't write all of them down because there were just too many that I <laughs> it's like too much. Uh, but no, I just like such little details in how it's written. Like Jonathan is definitely when I listen to radio producers, he's the person who I most wish I could write like. But I just could never pull any of it off. Right, yeah. I don't have the same sort of... Uh, my my style of delivery is not... I can't do the same sort of deadpan jokes and pull yeah. them off. It, <laughs> right. It would sound so... Uh, not unnatural, but just... It would it would just not land at all. Where it's he's both able to write and flawlessly deliver these these amazing little observations and jokes. Where it's definitely one of my favorite radio producers. So yeah, yes, he's got he's got this delivery which almost it, it is so dry. It reminds me of in The Simpsons when like Rev, Reverend Lovejoy is doing a really boring sermon and they're trying to make it seem really boring by that monotone draw um but Mm -hmm. it's just perfect (laughs) when it's woven in with his jokes it's spot on yes big fan big fan we're on to the third and final recommendation um, of the episode, which is which is mine. Um, and this is a relatively new podcast to me. It's a relatively new podcast in general, um, but it's one mm-hmm. that I picked up on straight away because I just I liked the idea of it. Um, and uh, it was nice to know that the kind of reality, which I, I kind of had a good inkling that it would do, but that it was nice to know that the reality matched up with the idea. And this podcast is Rough Translation. Um, it's an NPR podcast. And the idea behind it is to kind of look at... Um, Um, the kind of issues that are being talked about from the perspective of somewhere else in the world. And sometimes that's just the case of seeing the issue from the other person's side, from the other, from from, you know, if it's an international issue, it's just seeing it from the side of the other country. And sometimes it's taking an issue that you think is very specific to one place and then literally dropping it in the same place and finding out that it's in a different country that this issue is, is exactly as prevalent. And sometimes it's about kind of flipping an issue on its head and seeing it kind of almost the opposite way around um but the 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 idea is that we're kind of like um you know going away from kind of very um western kind of centric i guess uh subjects i guess and uh you know, finding a new angle of looking at these things, which I, I don't know, I made that sound really boring, but it's really, really interesting. And the episode that I particularly love, and it was the one that I recommended, and I actually 
held off on making my recommendation because I'd started listening to this and I didn't get all the way through it in one go because I was just like listening to it in the morning before I go went to work, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I wanted to finish it so that everyone I could I could be a hundred percent certain that this was the one I wanted to recommend, and I'm so glad I did. This episode's called American Surrogate, and it, it's it's about um, people who who are surrogates and have have children for other people, and uh, you know the, the kind of the common rhetoric is that you know someone who is um, rich and American may pay someone who is in another country to have their child and this looks at it from the other way around which is that it's actually a big thing where uh, people who are rich Chinese women for example will have uh, American women have their baby and it follows the story of of that exact situation and the I don't want to I don't want to give away the whole story um, because I just I think it's a great great listen but i think the way that they delve so deeply into this one is Mm -hmm. is really nice and i think it's one that uh, it sticks out for me compared to the others in that i think that it's a lot more personal and a lot more kind of one-to-one than perhaps some of the other episodes and that's not to say that none of the other episodes are as good they're great but i love this one because it took an issue that was deeply personal like what can be more personal than having someone's child and it delved into it at a level which I think is um, just was really captivating. And I was so frustrated when I was getting ready for work and I had to leave the house and leave my kind of uh, the podcast. It wasn't on a cliffhanger, luckily, but it was kind of like, you know, halfway through. And I was just like, ah, I really want to listen to the rest of it and understand the rest of this story. And um, and what I did and, and the payoff. And again, this is why I don't want to kind of give loads and loads away. But the payoff is is beautiful. It's a really great ending maybe that gives away too much already who knows um <laughs> but I, what can i do i, I can't i can't want my way around this You've i'm done very well good there, spoiler I free. i've spoiled three episodes um jack take over for me please before i give too much away <laughs> tell me what you thought of it yeah let me spoil it so uh, do you know what freds when you recommended this one i, I don't know how i felt really i wasn't thrilled <laughs> because i right. listened to um adverts for rough translation and mm-hmm. I think mm, it's a difficult show, I think, to describe. Um, and I think they say something like, it's how how are the things we're talking about being talked about somewhere else in the world? Quite a mouthful. And it just felt, I think, in the way they described it, I just had this impression of quite a tenuous premise. And then I, when I actually listened to the show, it clicked quite quickly as to what the thrust was and why it was something that was worth talking about. And... This one was intense. Um, I wasn't really ready for mm. that. A- again, uh, I ran to this podcast and um, my face was very much the other way for a lot of this compared to listening to Heavyweight. But um, it's <laughs> had me so hooked the whole way through. I think the idea of surrogacy is such a wonderful topic and almost, it's not a metaphor, but basically it, it allows um, the premise of the show to be explored so well because this baby is effectively straddling that barrier between two cultures and two different attitudes towards surrogacy and it's through that baby that you watch these cultural frictions emerge Um, and I think just the intimacy of hearing two strangers become friends through this process as well was um, the most incredibly warming thing and uh, I mean you've already said it Fred's it had a love it, it had a I'm gonna say lovely ending so I'm gonna just pull right. back the curtain a bit more on the on the nature of the mm. ending but it was <laughs> lovely um the, the other one that I listened to which actually really appealed to me and I think in fact Mark it kind of 
made me think back to your recent emoji series was there was one on yoga <laughs> yes yes <laughs> <laughs> and it centered on international yoga day which is from my perspective at least up until listening to this episode a joyous day of exercise where loads of people around the world get together and do a big stretch and do yoga and i do yoga and i love yoga and i've always been aware of this ambiguous relationship i guess between yoga and um hinduism and it's something that kind of seeps into i think a lot of the youtube videos that i do where you know suddenly they're getting very spiritual in their their talk as we're doing stretches you know i'm just doing a runner's lunge and suddenly i'm supposed to be having a spiritual experience as well i think that's when you become aware of that conflict but basically the the podcast explores this idea of being a uh, yoga being intrinsically linked to uh, to hinduism and the issues that poses when yoga is encouraged to um be done on a wider scale particularly in india where there is a, a certain subtext in the eyes of some of um the marginalization of islam effectively through um yoga becoming ma- uh, mandatory at schools and and so it really gets into this debate as to whether yoga is linked into spirituality or or um sorry into into religion or not and if you say that it's not and it's okay for that practice to then be done in more places well are those spiritual aspects of it kind of quietly and almost subliminally imposing certain ideas of a religious belief anyway and i thought they did a really good job of digging into that story that was really fascinating mm. for me so yeah i was really impressed with this podcast i feel like um i still have periods of like um npr fatigue where i think their style is so consistent and that's great they have a signature which i think is very dependable but after a while i have to stop listening to npr podcasts because that style that they have and that sort of like mixture of professionalism and formality and their humor as well is quite consistently them <laughs> wears on me a bit but this as a show yeah i was really pleasantly surprised so yeah nice job awesome mark what do you, what do you think so a tiny bit of background um so last summer uh summer of 2016 i was actually uh interning with npr's planet money oh um, awesome yeah in the New York Bureau, which is very small. And that's where Rough Translation wound up being produced. Right. Uh, and I, while I was there as an intern pretty early on, uh, there was the announcement of at a meeting of, hey, Gregory Warner is coming here. He's going to be starting a new podcast and essentially working with the team. So I had been hearing a bunch about what was going to be going on into that while that was being planned. And a lot of the people who I was working with are the ones who then worked on this show. Ah. Um, so, including Jess Jang, who was my boss. Oh, <laughs> which is <laughs> awesome. Then, yeah. So, uh, then she is a phenomenal producer, and it makes me very happy to hear her as now the producer of Rough Translation and really getting to shine. And in the episode that, we, that you recommended, American Surrogate, then she honestly, like, is able to turn this, helps it really become the emotional emotionally impactful story that it is and it really so i just as a like i am extremely impressed with the production of it and how well executed it is and it makes me very happy to hear people i know working (laughs) on such a great project so had to throw that out there um but yeah i actually had been kind of putting off listening to the show um just in terms of it's one of those things when you've heard a lot about 
the production of something or been knew that it was coming. It's just kind of, I find it harder to like, okay, I feel like I need to take a more critical, attentive ear. I don't want to just listen to this right now. I'll, I'll wait for it. But when you recommended it, I listened to this episode and then promptly listened to all the other episodes <laughs> that were available. And it is so, so wonderfully done. And I was just so impressed where certainly there is a certain amount of the NPR sound, but I think this cover is a way of covering um, foreign issues in a way that is so much more personal and engaging than mm -hmm. what NPR and many other news sources tend to do. Like, this is just so much easier to have a connection with and understand and feel find like truly important than many more clinical news stories tend to be and i just am so wildly impressed by how this show has turned out um because i i don't really listen to anything about uh like where it's like foreign correspondent reporting like uh -huh. that's just not yeah. something that is in the genre of like it feels like eating your vegetables, you know, like that doesn't feel like <laughs> right. it's not going yeah. to be the fun, the fun break you want. Sure. Um, but this manages to be like, still have all that important information and things that is good for you to be informed of and aware of, but is actually like emotional and fun and just really fascinating to learn where it's like, <laughs> it's, it's a way of just like making this so appealing and that i think is a serious achievement and just it's so beautifully produced um mm. just like this is a great sounding and a great sounding podcast it's super well paced and thought out and just everything about it i am a fan of so i Give it a solid thumbs up. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's very high praise. I think a solid thumbs up is uh, is, uh, is 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 what we aim for yeah, sometimes yeah. on episode party. <laughs> I wanted to ask about um, on NPR. What were you do? What did you do when you interned? What did they have you do? Um, I mean, it was a lot of the the basic work that you might expect of an intern. Um, mm -hmm. Logging tape from interviews. So from an interview, then uh, just. Uh, making transcripts to make it easier to go and edit those into stories, mixing promos and uh, selecting music beds and things like that, uh, researching guests and people who might be a good fit for, uh, I need this type of person for a story, can you try and look for that, I've been having trouble, sort of thing. But then also getting to be a part of the pitch meetings where story ideas are suggested and suggest your own, and the edits where it's a big group edit, they do a live read-through of their <laughs> their script while playing the cuts of tape. And then everyone kind of take note, takes notes. And then every single person, including the intern, uh, gets to give feedback and can voice their feelings on what is or isn't working, where there needs to be work, where you were confused. And all of those things were super helpful learning experiences. So I loved all of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so amazing. Cool. Yeah, and I I have to say then, uh, if anyone does listen to Planet Money and then listens to my emoji series, you might notice the sort of resemblance in terms of at least what I tried to learn from them from the right. oil series that they were working on while I was there. Ah. Um, 
And that was like, oh, you could use this larger framework to tell lots of little stories within that, um, within a, a topic that has lots of complexities and nuance. You can tell kind of the boring stories within them <laughs> by <laughs> attaching it to this larger, very fun idea. And it was like, oh, that's so good. Um, and so then things like a little bit in the weeds on emoji linguistics or whatever, or <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, details like that. It's like, it would be harder to uh, try and get people to listen to those things otherwise. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, Jack, have you got anything else you'd like to add before we close off? Or have you, I'm sure you've got more questions. You've always got more questions. It's good. <laughs> I, yeah, no, you just have to shut me off, basically. But no, I, I just wanted to say, about time we heap praise on you. We had a lovely discussion about your emoji series. I mean, Freddie put forward the podcast and um, we all listened and had a big discussion on emojis generally, but you know, <laughs> essentially about your series. I, you know, I spent a lot of time sounding very disconnected and going i don't get them i don't understand why would you use them but uh, yeah, i and i think it was testament to your show i you know every time a new episode drops like i i, I listen and i'm totally hooked on the story and i think it's something you kind of hinted at there as well is the fact that like there's a lot of emoji administration involved where it's fascinating to dig into that but i guess then there's also the fact that there is a lot of administration and um it could get to a point where it's like okay how far is too far but i just felt like in terms of holding my interest it was such a like a it straddled that so well where you're like oh i'm getting an idea of the com like the complexity of this but i'm not confused and you know drowning in red tape and rules you know <laughs> yeah and it's it's one of those things where uh i definitely got from some like, some people listening, it's just like, were you really confused? It's like, yeah. Like, honestly, like, <laughs> yeah. even today, I, st I still feel like it's one of those things where it's like, depending on the day, I feel like it is or isn't, it's more or less good. It's just like, I don't know how to feel at this point still. Um, I think I've, I've kind of settled on something, but it's still just such a complicated topic where, and with so many things where, you know, from an outsider's perspective, it's like, oh, well, clearly this is the problem and you can just fix that by doing this. It's like, well, no, there's so many more complexities once you get inside that once you know all of this stuff, you, it's almost like paralyzing with like, I, you, you just can't, there's no perfect solution and knowing which one's the best one is so hard. Um, of course. So that's just been one of the things for producing it. And then, uh, <laughs> of course, there's the super embarrassing uh recordings of myself that i have in the, the series but uh, uh i just feel so mortified listening to those and it's it's something where like they they sound so exaggerated that again people like thought like were you re like are you just acting and it's like no i literally thought i was going to throw up like i, I felt terrible oh, um that's me that's me in an airbnb where the host had like some really loud parakeets and i didn't sleep well Aww. and the <laughs> me feeling stressed out it's like well i've got some time to kill i'm rehearsing this thing i might as well turn on the recorder and just didn't really think about it and just was trying to legitimately trying my best to go through the thing and it's just like oh god i'm really stumbling i should just turn off the recorder i just fought that impulse and it's just like okay just keep going you can edit this to make yourself sound good and then later it's just like you need to just let yourself sound like an idiot like that's what <laughs> that's what happened and it's 
it's something where if it wasn't me, I think I would love listening to it. But yeah. as myself, it's just like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know from editing this show, because um, I think the volume of stuff that I just I talk a lot. And so there are a few jokes that don't land um, that I sneakily just I'm like, we'll let that one uh, not make the edit or maybe we'll move yeah. Freddie's laugh here instead. And, uh, you know, no, I don't, I don't copy, do that. Mate. Copy a laugh. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to listen to these more carefully before I upload them now, aren't I? That's uh, <laughs> that's amazing. I, I I I always put my faith in Jack to edit, and uh, I'm slowly yeah, but surely having that faith mistake. eroded. But uh, yeah. But I mean, uh, I guess Mark, off the, off the back of all of that, you you've enacted a small change that's gonna be around, you know, in everyone's pockets for 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 a long time, and that must yeah. feel great, yeah. right? Yeah, it's super exciting. Um. It's it's something where like it still hasn't totally hit me, I feel like, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um just because it's still you can use it on twitter.com, but still most people aren't going to see it unless right. they only use the Twitter website. And I can't send it on my phone or text it. Right. I think once it appears there, then it's or I just start seeing them in friends posts who maybe don't even know about the emoji series or whatever, uh-huh. start seeing them just randomly pop up, then yeah. that's going to be just so surreal. Like, that's it's just one of those things where it's like, wow, I spent, a, like, a year working on this thing, and there yeah. it is, like, just all over the place, which is just such a bizarre feeling. Um, but I'm definitely, like, proud of how that turned out, and uh, with... The Emoji series, then the last episode, comes out uh, on the 29th, and uh, I I think that's, uh, it's turned out in a way where I, I am extremely proud of, uh, proud of it, where there was, there was a long time in the middle where it's just like, I don't know if this is going to be, like, this is, this is just like a lot of me talking to people about emojis. Is anyone going to be interested in this? But it finally has wound up in a thing where it's like, okay, I, I like this, I I think people will hopefully enjoy it. So, yeah. Well, Mark, thank you so much. And, you know, if you're listening right now and uh, you'll have heard our episode by now of us recommending uh, Welcome to Macintosh. And um, if we didn't persuade you enough, enough, then uh, Mark should have by now. So uh, do check (laughs) it out. Um, Mark, thanks so much for being on Episode Party. It was a real pleasure. Yeah, of course. Uh, I really enjoyed it and enjoyed y'all's recommendations as well uh i i definitely am going to listen to more of both of those shows so excellent oh, great news. jack thanks as ever i, I never usually <laughs> thank welcome. you at the end of the podcast but i just <laughs> i feel like everyone's in such a good mood and everyone's so happy about all of our recommendations and it just feels nice um so yeah we'll wrap up the show mark if if people want to find you and welcome to macintosh online where can they find you uh i'm on twitter at mc bramhill uh, and if you want to follow the show, the website is Macintosh.fm. Excellent. And we are at episode underscore party on Twitter. If you want to uh, tell us what you thought about any of the episodes we discussed today or recommend us anything you think we might not have heard. Um, and episode dot party as well on the Internet. Well done, Jack. Well done. Thank you very much. I've been Freddie Harrison. I've been Jack Tutor. And we'll see you again soon. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Oh, 
Hi, it's Jack again. Thank you so much for listening to Episode Party. If you've been enjoying the show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much. Goodbye.